Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Our topic this morning is calling on angels to come and heal us, etc. And Prophet Leslie Johnson is speaking to us. Lord, we ask you to give her your anointing. Fill her mouth and her heart with the words that you once said and help us to remember and to hear them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, honey. So welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, everybody that's here in the church and also those who are watching online. Um, I'm actually... Sad I have to bring this message. I've already brought part of this message before, but we're going to go into a little bit deeper understanding because as I get deeper understanding, I want to relate to you. And many, many churches, many Christians, many believers and non-believers, they call on angels to come and heal them, etc. And is this okay? No, it's not okay. Now, they're angels. They're, they're angels of life. They're fallen angels. And many, many Christians... Yes, I'm talking to you believers out there. You're listening and you're listening to these big leaders that are telling you it's okay to call on the angels to do all kinds of things for you. And it's not scriptural. It's not right. And what you're really doing is you're worshiping falling angels and fallen angels. So it's important to know uh, what era we are in because we have to stop doing this. We have to turn back to not lose our eternal life because many people are going to damnation now. Um, because they are worshiping another god, which is a fallen angel. These angels, these fallen angels, they are designed to be worshipped. They desire to be worshipped like the Shekinah, the Emma, the Mary. You can go on and on and on. They desire to be worshipped. They don't inhabit, they, you know, they don't take possession over somebody's body, but they are over their life, but they will, um, they do desire to be worshipped, and they can call on other demons to do many, 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 Horrible things to people. Now, the thing that the people have to understand is that all of this works together. The Kundalini, the Shekinah, the MO, they all have to do with an angel of light. They all have to do with fallen angels. All of them. And there's a bunch more. I, I won't even name them all. I did one teaching on just uh, fallen angels and I had like a little short video of just how people are just loving these fallen angels and worshiping them. But today I just want to really get into having you have an understanding that we are we have fallen away. We as Christians have fallen away, and we are not listening to sound doctrine anymore. And it's time that we come back to it. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we are not to worship angels. We're You know, the angels, they worship Jesus, right? They worship Jesus. We're to worship Jesus. And... Angels don't heal us. You know, it's a fraudulent healing is what it is. It's fraudulent healing. And if you call on these fallen angels to heal you, because it will be fraudulent, guess what? You just received, yeah, they'll heal you, and then you'll receive a demon. You'll receive possession of them. I mean, it's, it's bad news. It's really bad news. People get desperate. They'll go and even do the acupuncture, which you're not supposed to do as a Christian. They'll go to all these kinds of, you know, which doctor, so call on witchcraft or anything to, to because they're desperate to get healing. Is that worth losing your salvation? It is not. So I'm here to tell you that we are not to uh, allow these, these fallen angels to bring in fraudulent healings to us. And if you are going to a place where it's a revival or it's a big crusade or it's a big church or it's a small church, whatever it may be, and they are calling on the angels to come in to heal you and do etc. Run out that door. Run out the door as fast as you can. And don't go ever come back. 
Because they are, if, if you don't, you're going to be caught up and seduced by these fallen angels yourself. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. Amen? He was bruised for our iniquities. Amen? The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his what? Stripes we are healed. Jesus is the healer. Not us. We can be a vessel to agree with you that you'll be healed. We can do that. Uh, we can feel the anointing of the Lord come upon us, but we are not the ones that heal. Jesus heals. It's up to him. And he will heal. But it's not the angels. It's not us. It's not you. It's not me. It's, you know, these people that say we're great healers, um, you know, these ministers out there, they're, they're healers. Well, they're not. They're not the healer. They aren't. It's Jesus. So don't worship man. Don't worship fallen angels. Um, and, you know, get back on the right track, people. Get back on the right track. Here's just a picture. I mean, if you can kind of picture it in your mind like a, a fallen angel. By the way, most of them they call female, by the way. <laughs> angels are not female. All right? So, but they'll, they'll call on their, you know, the angel to come and heal them. I'm praying to my angel to come and heal me. It's just, it's just nonsense. You know, when did uh, common sense leave in the church? A long time ago, but I think it's getting worse and worse and worse. It is ridiculous. I said, just have some common sense. <laughs> if you just have common sense, you won't be thinking that there's feathers floating around in the sky coming down and in the building, and you're picking up the feathers and taking them home thinking it's an angel. Angels don't have feathers. A chicken does. It's a chicken. I mean, uh, or the gold dust, etc. So we, we are we are caught on these lying signs and wonders. And we have got to turn our, our lives around and to start worshiping the true Jesus. Amen? So why do believers worship these fallen angels? Why do they get caught up in the worshiping them during the praise and worship? I mean, they come in and they're in such a bliss. And they're such, um, like, they're being seduced. And they're in such an awe because the praise and worship is just so beautiful. And even, unfortunately, I'm having to say this word. There are people that have even said they've had an orgasmic situation happen to them because they're being seduced by a fallen angel. That's why it's seduction. Uh, these fallen angels love to be worshipped. And any time I talk about Shekinah exactly, you know, or my book or anything, I get emails, I get attacks because they don't want to lose their seductive spirit that's coming on to them. They don't want to lose it. They don't want their eyes to be open to the truth. And it's time we have our eyes open to the truth. Now, God's people are seeking glory, but they end up in the lie because they start worshiping Shekinah. They start worshiping this Emma, which I'm going to talk a lot about today, and also Mary. You know, we have, um, you know, the Catholic Church, they worship Mary. Uh, this is nothing but a fallen angel that they're worshiping. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, this I'm just going to do a quick advertisement. Uh, so to order your copy, you know, for the Shekinah Not Right, uh, just go to the Prophecy Club or traintheprophets.com. By the way, I do have a YouTube channel called traintheprophets.com, and so I encourage you to go there and, and become um, a subscriber to it because you'll find a lot of uh, some uh, more training and more teachings on all of these kinds of things, not just training you but also teaching these kinds of things to you. Now, we have to understand that there is... The wolf in sheep's clothing that is coming in. And they're usually big names. 
And even these people like Cat Kerr, you know, they, they worship her. And by the way, she says that Santa Claus is in heaven. It's baloney. And there's jello in heaven. You can go get your brownies in heaven. You can, cause Jesus has a sweet tooth. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And there, and that's one of the ones that's saying he continuously get these people say, Oh, there's this wonderful prophet you need to listen to, Cat Kerr. No! And start warning people against it. It's ridiculous. Again, when did common sense leave? Or they want to go to this portal and go up to heaven, go up there and down, up and down, up and down, like an elevator. What does, what's happened? I mean, do they put too much dippity-doo on their hair? <laughs> is there even such a thing as dippity Where did that come from? I don't even, I don't even know. I, you know, it's like their brain is clogged or something. It is ridiculous. But these people, yeah, they're, they're, they have a dippity doop on their head. So these people, they believe that they're hearing and they're seeing from God. You've seen them. They're also spiritual. You know? Oh, I'm so wonderful. I'm so close to the Lord. And you want, that's what I want to do. I want to throw up in their face. Get thee behind me, Satan. Go. Get out of her. Get out of him. Leave them alone. So who is this M.O.? It is, this is, you know, this is, this is one that they are, that, again, we have some of these revival teachers, speakers, ministers, false prophets that are going out there, calling a lot of people in, Toronto Revival, Lakeland Revival, all these big revivals, and they're calling on this Emma, Emma O. So who is it? You don't want to have, be worshiping something that's not a God, right? I hope not. No. So Emma O is the Lord of the Underworld in Japanese mythology. Emma manifests herself in apparitions and manifestations. And Satanists worship Azrael, which is another fallen angel, the destroyer and destre- deceiver and liar. Okay? This is what's happening. You know, I... Uh, I asked Stan the other day because, and I've, I've thought about this for quite a while, but I just finally, I just, I just had to get a, I guess, a confirmation. But I said, you know, all this Greek mythology, all these Hindu gods, all these saints, all these things that other, you know, the Christians, even Christians, and even non-Christians, they're believing and they're worshiping. I said, I believe those are fallen angels. I believe they have really come. And people really have started to worship them. And it keeps, the, you know, the list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. More Hindu gods, more saints, you know, on and on and on. And they're nothing but fallen angels that these people are worshiping. And by the way, again, I said this earlier, but the fallen angels, they don't dwell in the human bodies, but they can attack. They can have send the demons to attack. However, they can summon lower rank animal, uh, angel, angels, for example, to lift a man out of a wheelchair and command the demons into them. This is what that happens. So then all of a sudden, all these people, oh, look, this man was healed. He just came up out of the wheelchair. No, he just received a demon. He just lost his salvation, probably, because they just got a fraudulent miracle. You know, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We see this. But unfortunately, those gifts and callings of God sometimes are using another God. To heal. That's what happens. 
because it's bad fruit. There's bad, bad fruit out there, and um, we we need to be aware. We need, again, we need to have our eyes open. So this Emma, this fallen angel, is behind the the merry apparitions, seducing people to believe lies and lying sons of wonders. You've heard this, where she's out there crying. You know, these statues are crying, and they start worshiping Mary even more. You know, give you know the Mary appears to these children. Mary appears to these people. Um, it tells them these wonderful things. It's nothing but a hoax. It's nothing but a hoax, and they're believing this fraudulent lie. They're believing this lying sign of wonder, and they are worshiping a fallen angel is what they're doing. So if you're if you're Catholic, I okay, I have met some Catholics that have truly accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they cannot leave that church. They cannot leave that. What's it called? Their um, the mass. They have to go to still go to mass. It's like it's pulled to them. You know, break it off. You know, there, it was a tradition of their family, so it's a tradition, you know, that they feel like they can get closer to God if they continue to go or they continue to light candles. But, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ, you've got to come out of that. You've got to walk away from it. You have to walk away. You can't keep staying in that atmosphere and think everything's going to be okay. You can't be worshiping two gods. You got to choose Jesus or that other fallen angel. You can't be worshiping both. But why do you think it's okay to do both? Buddhists, they think they can worship both. No. You know, they, they have a hard time coming out of Buddhism, but even they'll accept Jesus Christ, but they have a hard time changing that tradition. It's time to wake up. It's time to grow up. It's time to start eating milk instead of just sucking on your thumb. You're not even drinking milk yet. Now, this Amao or this Amadeo is the Japanese name for the god of the underworld, which I said. Now, this Todd Bentley, you know that name? Ugh! I'm going to expose him just like I do some of the others, but Todd Bentley is one of the worst. Now, he was, he was introduced to this angel named Emma. By the way, again, angels are not female. And this, he was introduced by Bob Jones. You know that name? He was a former, they called him a, a, a Kansas City prophet, but he was really a mystic. Okay? He was a bad dude. But a lot of those Kansas City prophets are bad dudes. Mike Bickle's one of them, too. So they have this international house of prayer. Not a good thing. They go and teach you contemplative prayer, blank out your mind, let those demons come right on in. So if you've been to these things, you've got to repent. You've got to walk away from it and, and ask the Lord to forgive you and heal you from this and to take that away from you, to cleanse you from all that unrighteousness. Now, Jones was the prophet in the Toronto movement who had young women stripped naked so he could check them for spots and blemishes, and then he'd get in some groping as well. He was exposed for it. He was part of these sexual issues behind the scenes. He was exposed for it, and he told the women that Jesus appeared to him and told them to strip. I've, we've had, uh, um, uh, what's his name, David Taylor, David E. Taylor? Is that his name? Okay. Uh, how could I ever forget that name? Because I want to forget that name. That's why. Um, you know, he, he came with the Prophecy Club a couple times. And then we started finding out some things. And we were like, this is, this is a bad dude. This is not good. For 45 minutes at one of our crusades, it was in, is an or, in crusade in uh, Oregon, at Portland, he, he called, uh, he, had, he had his henchmen come and do this because he was too chicken 
should have come in there. He was so he had his all his helpers, all of our helpers, because it was a big crusade, go into this meeting, and for forty five minutes, I watched the clock. They they tore me to pieces. Me and Leslie Ann, by the way, shredded me. And I looked. My sons were like flinching. I kept. Stan was flinching. I was like, just let them. They are destroying their cells. They are destroying their cells. This guy was so bad. And then we found out that the, the, all those workers, the 25 workers he had there, the women started talking. All of a sudden, their eyes were being opened. This man says he speaks to Jesus and that Jesus told them to come and sleep with him. That it would be all right with their husbands. Told them to to give them everything in their house, give them their cars, all this kinds of stuff. Evil. And he's still around today preaching. How? How? Because he's worshiping a fallen angel. He's calling it a fraudulent healing, and he's getting demons put in the people. That's what he's doing. So this happens. If you're, if, if anybody, if a so-called prophet comes to you and tells you, I spoke to Jesus woman of God, and you're supposed to sleep with me. That'll get you closer to the Lord. You slap him in the face and you run out of there. Maybe kick him somewhere that'll hurt. I know. I'm very prophet today. I, I'm, I'm so fed up with all this mess and this nonsense. I want, I want the Christians to wake up and quit acting like you're so close to God when you're as far away as you can be from him. You're not worshiping the true Jesus Christ. So what is this? Uh, I don't know what this Japanese kanji means. He, this, this Todd Bentley, he's just full of it all over, all this Japanese designs and stuff. It's, it's probably something. I, I don't know. But this, this came from, um, some of my research came, by the way, from uh, David Wilkerson. I really respect the man. Um, but I'm not sure what it is. Anyway, if you do not know who this MO is, you're in for a shock. Todd Bentley, in his own testimony, related how he how he began to heal on stage. How he, 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 bring the attention to himself, right? How he began to heal. And Bob asked Todd if, if Todd had yet met Emma. Or Bob, it's just to say. Bob asked Todd, Todd, have you met this Emma? Nope, I haven't met this Emma. Who's this Emma? And so Bob Jones says, well, let me introduce you. This Todd Bentley to the knowledge of a female angel named Emma. Emma. Bob said his power comes from Emma. How many people have had their hands laid on by either Todd Bentley, um, this Bob Jones, these other Kansas City prophets? I could give you so many names right now. So many names, and I'm going to reveal some. I'll probably get all kinds of attacks. Get thee away from me. I don't take any fiery dart in the name of Jesus. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus right now. And by the way, you don't have to come into me and say, act all spiritual and say, man, Leslie, I can see your angels. I know there's one that stands like this by me, by my left side. And I know there's one that has a flaming sword, and he will slice and dice you and put you to bits if you come near me. He will. If I fall down, they'll pick me up. And there's times I have a lot more. But I don't need to have you come in and say, oh, there's angels all around in here. 
I don't need you to come in here and say, I see your angels today. I don't need that. Shut up. I don't need that. I know my angels are in charge over me. God has placed them there, and they keep getting bigger and bigger. You know why? Because I'm getting bigger. Hmm. I'm not shrinking like most old people. I'm getting bigger. <laughs> so, is, anyway, this Bob Jones, he said, well, the power comes from Emma. So Bob Jones and, and Todd Bentley, are they're working with this real powerful demonic force from the east, this fallen angel. That's what they're working in. So this M.O. in Japanese Buddhist mythology, the overlord of hell, Jigoku, Corresponding to the Indian deity Yama, so they they work together. These fallen angels, they work all these false religions. They work together, and it says he judges the souls of men, while his sister judges the souls of women. The sinner is sent to one of the sixteen regions of fire or ice assigned to him by MO for a fixed period of time until the next rebirth, because they believe in the, they're going to tell start telling there's people that there's reincarnation. Unless saved by the prayers of the living. Does that sound familiar? In which case, he is reborn either on earth or in heavenly paradise. And that's what these, the, these people, that, that they're worshiping these fallen angels, they're going to start believing these kind of lies. This M.O. M.O. is usually represented with a fierce expression. Wearing a Chinese judge's cap and holding the, his mace of office. Pretty ugly, isn't he? Who would worship that? It's a cat. It's an ape. It's a troll. Gargoyle. Mm. It's a nothing I want to worship. Jigoku in Japanese Buddhism, hell, a region popularly believed to be composed of a number of hot and cold regions located under the earth. Jigoku is ruled by M.O., the Japanese Lord of Death, who judges the dead by consulting a register in which he are entered of all their sins. He goes down, let me see. Let me see what all your sins are. He is assisted in examination of the dead by two disembodied embodied heads, which rest on pillars on either side of him. The female head, Marumi, has the power of perceiving the sinner's most secret faults. She's going to reveal those secret faults while the male head, Kaguhana, <laughs> Kaguhana can detect any misdeed. You know, I don't like having to give you some of this background, this stupid stuff. But I just want you to understand this is real. This is not faith. This is, you know, just like witchcraft. It's real. We have to have our eyes on. We can't just think it's a, you know, a lie. I mean, it's a falsehood. falsehood. We have to understand this is true. This is really happening. This is all around us, all around us in the spiritual realm. Uh, they say damnation is not eternal. The dead are sentenced to fixed periods of time in one region to, or to several regions in succession. And the sentences can be shortened by the intervention of both heathsavas, those destined to become enlightened in response to the prayers of the living. Who does that? I mean, some Christians do that. They think they can play for their, oh, for, this cat Kirk tells you to do it. It tells you to go pray for them. They all come to the portal that are up there in heaven, and they look down to the people that are here on earth, and so they're praying back and forth, and so they're going to have, you know, we're going to get them out of out of purgatory or out of hell. Like the Catholics, they pray to get them the dead out of purgatory. What nonsense is that? 
What power do you have? What power do you have to pull them out of there? You don't. Now's the time to talk to people about Jesus. Because when they die, they're going to go one place or the other. One or the other. Can I have some water, please? This was captured on a video in which Bentley is scooping the air, pulling down and as he bellows, Angels, angels, angels. Now, you'll, you've seen this before from me, but you're going to see it again because he's calling on the angels. He is wanting the people to worship angels. Watch how these people are. They are so determined about the angels coming, but not determined about Jesus Christ. It won't go. What's going on? Angels of healing. Warring angels. That they would be released out of the heavens. And I want you to lift up your voice and call down the angels. Just angels. Listen to the music too. song keep playing in your head didn't mine all week long (laughs) satan is real okay i know that all right so this should be a warning to all of us in galatians 1 8 says but though we or an angel from heaven preach any any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you let him be accursed second corinthians 11 14 says and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. There's many angels of light. These fallen angels are angels of light. And you have to be wondering sometimes, these angels that are coming, Lord, are, are they of you, Lord? Because he sends his messengers. He are charged over us, right? Okay, but what are the angels of light that are coming? You know, there's a, there's, a lot of people that are saying the angels have come to them. The angels have come to them. The angels have come to them. Check it out. Are they given a name? You know, is it different than Gabriel, Michael? I'd, I'd not listen. I wouldn't listen to them. Is it, are they saying the name is Azrael? I would not listen. Are they saying the name is Emma? I would not listen. Because they're just fallen angels, angels of light. This came from um, the Brian Call. This is from Todd Bentley. He says, now let me talk about an angelic experience with Emma. Twice Bob Jones asked me about that angel that was in Kansas City in the 1980s. Todd, have you ever seen the angel by the name of Emma? 
He asked me as if he expected that the angel was appearing to me. In surprise, I said, no, Bob, who's Emma? He told me that Emma was the angel that helped birth and staffed the whole prophetic movement in Kansas City in the 1980s. Much of our prophetic movement has been birthed out of worshiping fallen angels. Pretty scary, huh? Pretty scary to me. You know, when we were doing crusades, we had, um, we, we had started, praise God, he was having our eyes open. You know, we've seen the true, we've seen false, we've seen Jezebels, we've seen the false, we've seen all this kind of stuff. We've seen true prophets, false prophets, and it helps us to recognize them more, right? And so, but there was one particular guy, he started off fine, uh, going to crusades with us, and then he started just doing this laughing all the time. And I was like, you know, this is a weird old guy. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And it was very contagious. But he was falling after these Rodney Howard Browns and stuff, right? And so he came from that prophetic movement there that started in Kansas City, as well as some of the others. And it was not a good thing. And praise God, we stopped it. You know, where would I be today? Probably worshiping Kundalini. That scares me. Scares me how close, but praise God how we had discernment and our eyes are open to be able to reveal to all of you the truth. I love you, Leslie. I love you, Leslie. <laughs> I love you, Leslie. Say that right there in your home. <laughs> so this Emma, she glided into the room emitting brilliant light and colors and Emma carried these bags and began pulling gold out of them. Then as she walked up and down the aisles of the church, she began putting gold dust on people. God, what is happening, I asked. And the Lord answered this, Todd, she is releasing the gold, which is both the revelation and the financial breakthrough that I'm bringing into this church that he was speaking at. I want you to prophesy that Emma showed up in this service the same angel that appeared in Kansas City as a sign that I am endorsing and releasing a prophetic spirit in this church that he was at. See, when the angels come, they always come for a reason. We need to actually ask God what the purpose is. Within three weeks of that visitation, he said the church had given me the biggest offering, of course, right? The biggest offering he'd ever received to that point in his ministry. Thousands of dollars, thousands. I've said, we've had speakers that bring in thousands of dollars. We're like, man, Sam, we don't have the anointing to bring in offerings. Nope. It's not our responsibility. God's going to take care of us. People give or they don't give. Right? I mean, that's the way it is. Even though the entire community consisted of only 3,000 people, only 3,000 people and they were giving him thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Weeks after I let the church, the pastor testify that the church offerings had either doubled or tripled. Yeah, that fallen angel, that fraudulent angel's going to make you think that this is true. And this is a wonderful thing to worship this Emma. During the visitation, the pastor's wife, now here, read this with me. It was an AOG per church got totally whacked, he says, by the Holy Ghost, and she began running around, ruff, 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 squawk, 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 like a chicken, as a powerful prophetic spirit came upon her. 
pride, you know, it's, yeah, powerful, pathetic spirit came upon her. Amen? Also, as this prophetic anointing came upon her, she started getting phone numbers to complete stranger, of complete strangers and calling them by the telephone and prophesying over to them. Channeling, can you say? Hmm. She would tell them that God gave her their, her that telephone number and then he would give them words of knowledge and complete strangers because then the angels start shutting up the church. Open it all. Open that big old door for all the demonic to come in. I'm sure it was all short-lived because they won't, they'll go on and move around somewhere else. I know that there will become a, be some professing Christians who are going to lash out at me, Leslie, because of this true warning that I'm giving you. Amen? Amen. They would rather believe the lying signs and wonders than to believe what I'm teaching you right now. They will accuse me of being judgmental. Heard it. Dividing the body. Heard it. Not walking in love. I'm here to tell you that I love you more than those people. I love you more because I am revealing the truth to you. I am revealing the truth. I am willing to get up here to have my name be sent to the pit. Like they'll be like cursed. Right? Because you know why? Because God's going to protect me. It's by Jesus Christ that I'm healed. His stripes I'm healed. It's by the blood of Jesus that is over me that I'm protected. And you can say that I'm judging. Yeah, I'm judging. I'm judging those fraudulent angels out there. I'm judging the people that are speaking these lies to you. You betcha. You betcha. I'm going to put the hammer down on them. Amen? Amen. That righteous judge anointing. Kaboom! Be knocked around on the head. Poo-poo. Get away. Leave God's children alone. Go on. Go to your portals. Go up and down. I don't care. Go have your brownie. Go eat with Jesus up there if you want. Yeah, go have some jello. Go talk to Santa Claus. Go fly in the sky with Superman. Go strum along and sing some songs with Elvis. Do whatever you'd like to do. It's ridiculous. But I'm walking in more love than they are. They are getting you deceived. Ephesians 1.17 through 19 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How many of you want the knowledge of Jesus Christ? How many of you want his wisdom? Because right now the wisdom's out the door. The eyes of your understanding will be being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of this glory of the inheritance of the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of the power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And then verses 20, 120 through 23, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Where's Jesus? Right hand. Far above principality, praise God. Far above these fallen angels. It's burning up in here, I'm sorry. Far above all principality, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He is the name above 
all names. He is the name you call upon. He is the name you worship. You don't worship Mary. You don't worship Emma. You don't worship them. They're fallen angels, which is the body of the fullest of him that filleth all in all. All right, now I'm about to reveal some more error. You aren't going to like me, some of you, for this. But again, the truth will make you free. John 8.32 says, many people say the truth will set you free. No, it says the truth will make you free. It will make you want to do the right thing. Right? If you desire truth, you know, I've, I've said this before, but it's so it's, it's accurate. That people say, I want truth, I want truth, I want truth. No, they don't. I do, and I pray you do. I pray you do. Truth hurts. We have to let go of some things sometimes. Correction's there. But wouldn't you rather have the truth? The truth will make you free. This M.O. or this Emma who, it's a lying fallen angel, claimed that the ministry with the Reverend, this is from some research I've done, with this William Bronham, I'm sure many of you heard this, he was a faith healer. Uh, many followed after him. Um, many big names are there still out there today. These faith healers are falling in his footsteps. I won't say the names. He stated he was sent by Elijah. This is what his words were. He was sent by Elijah. And some even say he says he was God. Uh, this Bronwyn proclaimed himself the angel of Revelation in 314 and 107 and prophesied that by 1977 all denominations would be consumed by the World Council of Churches. To him, denominationalism was the mark of the beast. He started the Jesus-only movement, you know, where they said if you were baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you're not really saved, and you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name only. That's what he started. False. Lies. Revelation 3.14, where he said he was the angel. He himself was the angel. So the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. In other words, he was, a church, he was the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. That's what he says. These things saith amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He also said that he was the angel in Revelation 10.7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he had began to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. In other words, you know, he was a prophet. He was the angel that was sent in Revelation 10.7. He died in a terrible car accident, like in, a, I think it was a December, and they didn't even bury him till like, April or something like that because they kept thinking he was just going to come back to life because he was God. He wasn't God. He was a man. He was a lying man. He might have started off okay, like a lot of them do. We had one guy, his name was Bill Deagle, that, was, that, used to, that went on for the Prophecy Club. I don't care. I'm saying the names. I'm saying the names today. I'm just saying the names. And then all of a sudden he said that he was he, that he was the, one of the two witnesses. He was Elijah. He goes, his head's so big puffed up because people liked him on the tour. See, I saw it so many times. Saw it so many times to get all puffed up thinking they're a god. <sighs> Can you tell I'm riled up today? In Colossians 2.18 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, and treating into those things which he has not seen, 
vainly puffed up, puffed up by his fleshly mind. This is what happened. They're trying to take over your reward. They're trying to get you to worship these angels. That's what they're trying to do. I know you've seen this video clip before, but these this is where, I believe this is the one that's in Kansas City, and I want you to see it again because I want your eyes to be open to what is happening out there and stop believing these lies and getting caught up in it. Oh, the Lord is so good. Um, just when the awakening broke out, we were made to come here. You were made to come here. Well, not on the Wednesday. Watch the contortions of her face. We were all excited, so we came to see what was going on. And I've never seen anything like this before or even heard about it. And I didn't know that the Lord could work like Does that this. look like the Holy Spirit um, to you? you never did this kind of thing before? No. Had you ever seen it before? No. Have you ever seen this kind of manifestation of the Holy Spirit that you're now experiencing? Yeah. No. You ne- no, you never had. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then... Because you haven't stopped shaking since you've been on the platform. Before the platform. She was sitting over there shaking for the last two hours. Yeah. So this is all, like, the last two months, this is brand new to you, what the Lord is doing. Yeah, I grew up in a Methodist church, and... So did I, by the way. I grew up in a Methodist church. So did I. (laughs) By the way, at the the International House of Prayer, there's a room where they are perpetually praying 24 hours a day. Again, uh, eschatology involved. Now, you've been mentioning, Dr. MacArthur, the Kundalini... uh, part of Hinduism. Andrew Strom happens to be a charismatic, and he put together a very concerned expose on what's going on. This is clip number six about Kundalini. Now, this all began with Rodney Howard Brown imparting a new anointing into a bunch of leaders, and they spread it around the world. In fact, it spread like wildfire. How do we know that Rodney Howard Brown had a pure anointing? How do we know it wasn't a kundalini spirit from the beginning? Because it seems absolutely identical to it. Now, one of the very clearest signs of a kundalini awakening has always been these kriyas. You see this woman involved in the New Age movement. She's walking along, exhibiting these kriyas happening, involuntary uh, jerking motions. And the staggering thing about it is that we are seeing again and again and again these exact same type of kriyas right through the Toronto movement. This has always been one of the clearest signs of Kundalini that we know of. You know, they get whiplash. They're hurting themselves. I mean, these, these demons are hurting. They've got to be hurting the people. It's, it's, it's so sad to see this, these people thinking they're getting a empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's so sad. And unfortunately, they start worshiping this kundalini. They start getting more and more involved, and it's bad news. I mean, if you've had, if you've been to any of these uh, revivals, or they, any anybody that even worked for them, not even maybe the leader laid hands on you and prayed, you need to repent today. You need to ask forgiveness today. You need to command those kundalinis or anything else that the evil spirit they they put upon you to get off of you to go in the name of Jesus. And many of you might need even to go have further deliverance. In Revelation 7:10 through 12 says, And cried with a loud voice, saying, 
Salvation to our God was set up upon the throne, and unto the Lamb, and all the angels stood around about the throne. And the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. What are the angels doing, the angels of God? They're worshipping God. They're falling on their face before God. That's what we're supposed to do. I mean, you know, an angel of the living God comes in to you, you're probably going to go down on your face. You're going to be worshipping Jesus. You'll be worshipping Jesus, not the angel. Saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Well, I just think I'll just sit here and play the deck of cards with my angel. Ridiculous. Again, where is common sense, people? Where is common sense? Oh, they must be so close to the Lord. They must be so close to him because he can have a conversation with them like that. No, you're going to be on your face. In Colossians 2.18 says, Let man, no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind. Again, these are fraudulent miracles. And what is the reward you're going to lose? Salvation. You will lose your salvation. That's the prize, eternal life. That's what they're wanting to take away from you because they want you to worship them. The book, I had a book, is called Emma, An Angel of Light by Joseph Fisher. On page 18, it says, uh, This false ministry substitute Jesus Christ for angels. They do. Uh, they give out the lying wonders, lying healings, these false revelations, a new false doctrine, a voice pretending to be the Holy Spirit of the Father calls you up to thank God for angels. They bring in worldly wealth. They get you worshiping them, so they give you worldly wealth. They sell their soul to Satan's what they do. And then they can have all the worldly wealth they want. And then they're going to have damnation. And they're not going to have eternal life. Is that what you want to? No. You don't want to give up the prize. You don't want to give up the eternal life. In Matthew 24, 24, it says, For there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Can God's children be the elect that be our mean misled? Yes. We, even though as much truth as we try to bring, that I try to keep saying, God, give me more truth, give me more truth, we can all be deceived. All of us. He can deceive the very elect, God's chosen people. As children, God's children, we can be deceived, we can be misled, and we can be seduced. We don't know which way to go, who to believe. Well, I'm just going to believe the one that's bringing me wealth. That's what I'm going to do, bringing me healing. They're, They're calling on a fraudulent God. All right, now, this is... Annoying the sound, but I want you to see how even his workers, how they're treating the people, even kicking them. Let me back up for just a second. This is when they had just called in the angels. And you could tell they're in a gymnasium, gymnasium on concrete floors even. So keep that in mind.
Watch this guy in the green shorts kick him, kick the lady. Boy, he thinks he's something else, doesn't he? And here, you know, they're having demonic presence upon them. And they're thinking it's the Holy Spirit upon them. And they need to be being delivered. But unfortunately, they think it's the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And they're welcoming it. Does this sadden you like it does me? This saddens me so much that God's children, the body of Christ, the believers are believing this lie by these big-named revivalists out there. They're saying they're faith healers, seducing and bringing the people to them. They're flocking in, throwing the money at them, all to be deceived, all to worship them and also a, a fallen angel. In Second Timothy 4, 1 through 5, you have to remember, this was, this was Apostle Paul. He was speaking to a preacher. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who should judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Are we seeing that? More and more today. And shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, and make full proof of of thy ministry. Walk in truth. Walk in truth. You know... These, these people, they are, again, they're, they're calling on the wrong gods. Jesus, the blood of Jesus is what heals. Amen. Start calling on Jesus for your healing. Start calling on Jesus for your provision. Start calling on Jesus for your, your table to be full with your food to eat. Because there's going to come a time when all this other stuff, these people that are believing these fraudulent liars out here, they're gonna, these, these lying fallen angels are going to start laughing at the people while the people are starving. And we've got to get closer to the Lord because he's our provision. And then we can lead them to Christ. And they can come back to Christ. It makes my stomach turn when I see these people think they're so spiritual, so close to God, and they, have a, they, they can show a, a, a picture of a a handful of gold dust or gems in their hand or a, a stupid little feather in their hand, thinking that they just had the glory of the Lord come in, had angels come in and visit them, and how they start worshiping these angels and how wonderful and close they must be to Jesus. And you, I just sit there like, are you so stupid, really? You're going to believe this? Haven't you read the scriptures that there's lying signs and wonders? Did you forget about that scripture in the Bible? You know, it's 
It's the best thing since what? Apple pie. <laughs> since sliced bread. And apple pie, Chevrolet, baseball. <laughs> best thing ever. Well, God bless you for listening to this message, enjoying this message. You know, I encourage you to share this with all your friends. Please share with all your Christian friends. Get their eyes opened up. You can click on like and share and subscribe. And you can also donate to this ministry by clicking on the link below. And don't forget, I have a YouTube channel called TrainTheProphets.com. Well, welcome to the <laughs> Right at the right moment, right? That was Honduras. Yeah. Uh, right at the right moment. Uh, so we're going into Honduras uh, about nine, ten of us, something like that, here in a couple of weeks. So be praying for us. All right, so we got a few announcements we want uh, to say. Um, I need to have a short meeting after church with the level one, level two people that I'm training. Just be right after church. Just stay right in here. We're going to have a quick meeting. Also, the ones that are going to Honduras. So that's the three groups. Level one, level two, and uh, Honduras people. All right. So, um, okay. So I have the sign-up sheet for the prayer and fasting for Honduras. Um, they're going to be gone from October fifteenth through the sixteenth. Fifth. Fifth. Ha. Fifth. <laughs> one day. Through the sixteenth. <laughs> it's going to be real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we do have some open spaces, and um, and then there's several that have several. Whatever you guys can do, prayer and fasting for the team that's going to Honduras, um, we would be much appreciated. And I will actually be sending out a reminder the day before so that you don't forget. Okay? Thank you. And I think we still have some open. We, there are quite a bit of Several open okay. that don't have anyone, so we do need help. Okay. All right. So she'll hand that around and get you to sign up on that. Um, also, um, so we have on the, the September 30th, Right, Lou? Mm-hmm. Yes. September 30th, uh, Scarlett has uh, some handouts. I'll have her go hand out to you. That is a healing and also deliverance seminar that uh, Apostle Lou and Prophet Sunhi are putting on at a church in Richardson. So it has all the information on that. So if you're if you're in level two, you can't go to. You had to be in the training class. But if you're if you're available, I encourage you to go to that. So Scarlett, you want to go hand those out to everybody? Okay, go hand them to, to Sharonda. She will hand them out. Okay? All right. Also, I'll, I'll send I'll send around this uh, fellowship sign-up, so you can go give that to your mom. Okay, Scarlett? Give that to your mom. All right. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, girls. All right. So this coming Thursday is going to be your prayer day. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I have to remind you guys, it says Isaiah 62, 7, it says, give me no rest until I establish Jerusalem. So as people of, of, of the church, we need to be prayer warriors. We cannot walk without the power. So I encourage you to join us. Uh, it's going to be September 21st, this Thursday from 730 to 830. And we're going to be on Zoom. So make sure your name is on here so we can email uh, the link. We're probably going to email the day before, so everybody can at least have it, or even the day off, so people can remember. Praise God. Looking forward to seeing you. How many, how many of you are going to join in? 
All right. You got some people that are going to join in this time. That's wonderful. And those of you that are online, if you'd like to join in, you can you can let us know you're interested to join on the, the intercessory prayer for this Thursday. And just go to contact at spiritprophecychurch.com, give us your email, your name, your phone number, and we'll get that to uh, I guess I'll give it, I guess I'll give it to you instead of Stan, so I'll give it to you. All right. All right, we'll let Kate know then. All right, thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. Let's stand, let's pray. Let's get our service going today. I encourage you to join us at nine thirty for church because our church service really begins at nine thirty. Uh, it's, it's important that you receive those messages that are coming at 9.30 as well as the 10.30 service. Uh, so I just want you to, to be aware of that. That this, you know, this, um, it's important that we, we spend this day in worshiping our God, right? Amen? All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time that we can gather here today to worship you, to praise you in spirit and truth. We desire truth in this church. Lord, we know that it, the truth is sometimes it doesn't feel good, but we want truth. We ask in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be present in this place. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you're, that you're here to heal the people. You're here to, to encourage them. And we ask in the name of Jesus, whatever their need is, that it be met today. And we thank you and give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's time for offering. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Awesome. Man, it's good to see some smiling, beautiful faces. (laughs) How wonderful. Well, here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, we do the prophetic act of bringing the tithes to the storehouse. So if you want to come forward. Uh, and do that now, that would be good. So through the week, I was thinking about... And we're only taking up the church offering right now. Yes, this is is church only. Uh, Through the week, I was thinking about uh, if there was anything I needed to say for offering, and I just had this thought of how how, how much is God in control of our finances how much do we allow the Lord to influence, teach, release into our finances? And so I had this, this vision of vision of a, a fist and someone, and this is, this is theoretical to your heart, but they clenched onto their finances such that the Lord couldn't do anything with it. It was all just about my money. Now, that's, that's hard for me to say because I've always been one of those that said, here, Lord, send me. Let's, I'm, I'm just a giver. That's what I like to do. So I just want to encourage you to check and see if this is really your money or if this is finances for the Lord. Because we truly, we truly in our hearts just want to give, not for anything in return, but because it, it pleases him. Ultimately, that's the goal. We want to serve and please the Lord. So thank you for your giving this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed us. Lord, we thank you that we just simply live in America. We know that the homeless in America live a better life than most people around the world. We are extremely blessed. And we cannot thank you enough. We thank you, and it's 
our pleasure and honor to give to you. Lord, we ask you to bless the people back that give in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Father, we do receive. We call forth that multiplication upon these finances for those that that truly love and, and give uh, with their whole heart uh, just to do nothing more than please you. So we call forth that multiplication upon their finances, and we also receive it. We receive it from you, Father, the great Almighty, the great I Am. And we thank you so much for allowing us to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. you can take that offering basket this way. All right, before you just uh, pull out your money for the missions, I, I want you to pray and really ask the Lord what you should give on this mission today. Because uh, the, uh, Pakistan, which Sharon and I have been there a couple times with Pastor Masi, and they've even say we are Pakistanians now. I mean, they have declared that over us. And they love us there. Our name is all over the place. Our picture is all over the place. And I say that to let you know that there's some Christians there, lovely Christians there, that are really needing <clears throat> your help. They, I'm sure you've heard on the news that these Pakistan Christians are literally under fire right now. And so this mission money or this offering is going to go all of it. And even those of you online, you just put in the donation, you put Pakistan. We will send all of this to uh, Pastor Massey to send over there where they have the need, the most need. Uh, and I'm probably going to do this next Sunday too because, but I want you not to just bring out your dollars for the Honduras. I want you to bring out your hundreds for the Pakistanians. So I encourage you to just pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you to give. And just but watch this, this, these pictures as I share with you and let it just tug on your hearts. This is some areas that, that actually Sharon and I have walked the streets on. Uh, we've been there. That they are literally burning down the churches, the dirty, burning down the houses of the Christians. I had a the message from Pastor Massey that a little six-year-old little boy was almost beat to his death by a teacher because he was carrying books. I guess they always give him a Quran when uh, they go enter school. And he actually just dropped all his books so the Quran fell on the ground. And she, she, uh, they're so riled up right now, they bat, she about killed him, beating. Uh, here's some more pictures of what's going on. They're just looting the houses, destroying their houses, destroying their home. Um, they're already so mistreated there, but now they are really under fire, literally under fire. It won't go. There should be a video with this one, too.
throwing things out of the church, throwing things out of the houses, because usually the home is with the church. You can go to the website, prophecyclub.com, and just put in Pakistan, and we'll see that those donations go to help the Pakistani Christians to rebuild their lives over there and to encourage them. And please be praying for them. Uh, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, too, even though they're very, very far away. Amen. So I encourage you to bring your offerings. Thank you. And again, for those of you who want online, um, please try to donate this week. We really need your, they really need your help. Dear Heavenly Father, we first of all ask that you would intervene. Intervene for the Christians in Pakistan, in specific and Christians around the world that are suffering so much because of your name. And Lord, we ask that you would bless those Pakistani Christians and that everything that the devil destroys, he would return it back sevenfold, and he would bring use this to cleanse the Christians and also to bring in more people, and that this would actually cause the church to catch fire in Pakistan and to grow. And the more they hit it, the more they strike it, the more it grows. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I just pray the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over your people there, Lord. Cover them in the blood of Jesus. Lord, give them provision where they have need of. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that your hand would not be removed there, but it would be stirred up and that they'd be able to reach many more people to come to Christ. Lord, give your people there encouragement. Let them not lose the faith. Let them not deny you. Everywhere I went last time, the last thing I'd always say is, do not ever deny Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, no matter what. Let them have that memory come back to them. Let them hear those words once again. Never deny Jesus Christ. And Lord, we do. We lift up these people to you. We just ask for a blessing to come to them. And Lord, let even those that are non-believers see, wow, their God must be wonderful. Because even during this time, they still have a joy. They still have a peace. And they're still receiving provision. And Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I'm reminded when the uh, when Paul, excuse me, when John turned to the angel and said, the angel said, "What are these arrayed in white robes? Whence came they?" And he said unto him, "Sir, thou knowest." He said, "These are they which came out of great tribulation, <coughs> and washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb." Therefore they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his, in his temple. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall they, they, uh, they, they, uh, they, they uh, be tormented anymore. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So you folks in Pakistan, good times are coming.
God bless. Thank you for giving. Time for praise and worship. All right, let's stand up and spread out. Hallelujah. You guys ready to praise the Lord? I got I got a few. Okay, all right, all right. Warm it up a little bit. Turn these lights off. Okay, you guys ready to praise and worship the Lord? There we go. We're going to dance like David danced, right? Because we're free and we can. You saw that video with people over there in Pakistan. They don't have that freedom right now. They're tearing down those houses, those churches. That is not okay in my books, right? That is not okay. But we are here and we are free. So take that advantage and praise and worship our God in freedom and in truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift up our great God. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Let it be a sweet sound into your ear in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together. I will sing to the Lord. And I will lift my voice, for you have heard my cry. And I will sing to the Lord, and I will lift my hands, for you have heard me out of the pit, for you have your name on high. I'll sing holy because you're worthy. I'll praise you with the dance and I'll sing glory. Hallelujah. I'll lift your name on high. I'll sing holy because you're worthy. I'll praise you with the dance. I will praise you with the dance.
in the name of Jesus. He calls you. He calls you. He calls you. He calls you. All your friends. And he is our friend, our father, our deliverer. Let's shout it out. Because who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me? When I call, singing, is it true? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing, singing, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me? When I call And is it true that you are thinking of me How you love me Come on, it's amazing It's amazing Cause I am a friend of God I am a friend of God I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. If I am a friend of God. Yes, he is. If I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I that you are mine? you hear me come on release those prayers when i call sing is it true is it true that you are thinking of me how you love me it's amazing it's amazing Oh 
lift your hands. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Come on, if you need to tell someone or tell yourself this this morning. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me
And everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Take me as you find me with all my fears and failures. And fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Lord, we surrender. And Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountains. Come on. My God is mighty to save. Father God, we prepare, we prepare our ways. Forever, author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. Come on. Hallelujah. For the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, he can move the mountains. This is a time when we know and we declare those things, those troubles in your life that you need help with. He can move mountains for you. He can calm the storm. You are the warriors. You are the ones to step in that front line and declare Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And Savior, He can move the mountains. Come on. My God is mighty to save. Yes, He is. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and 
let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing. Come on, let me hear you for singing, the glory Jesus. Of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Let me hear you sing it, Jesus. Sing it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, does that feel good to scream out that name. There is power. There's just something about that name that gives you the boldness and the strength. We should feel good that we have that privilege to shout on the rooftops. To go out on the streets and preach his name. Don't hide behind. Be that light that he's given us. And declare his name. He is worthy of all of our praise and our worship. Lord, let this be a sweet sound into your ear, Lord. Precious blood of Jesus. We fall down, we lay our crowns, at the feet Let's all do the prophetic act as we're laying our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of His mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And we cry, Holy, Holy, Holy. We cry, Holy, Holy. Holy, holy, holy is the 
love you so much. We just lay them at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lamb. And we cry, holy, holy. Give someone a hug. Tell them you're glad they're here this morning. You may be seated. He's got the Bible in hand today. That'd be good. Praise the Lord. Just a reminder, I need to see all the level one, level two uh, trainees, um, and also Honduras after church for just a minute. Lord, I just thank you for this mighty man of God. I thank you for the message that you've laid on his heart. Lord, I know that the message will be from you. And, Lord, I just ask that you perk up our ears to hear the message today, to have it be understanding to us the message today, and that we would be able to share the message with others today. And, Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory, and we thank you for your anointing. We ask that it just be flooding over him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. <coughs> and we shall reign on the earth. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for so many things, for everything. 
Forgive us for the times when we forgot to thank you, when you protected us, when you blessed us, when you paid that rent, when you paid that payment, and we forgot to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You flung the stars into place with your finger and called them by name. Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. You are the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, and the Aleph, the Tav. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to us this morning, speak to us this morning, speak to us this morning, as we are living in a nation that is near to judgment, that has walked away from you. We know that, but we want to be found clean and pleasing in your sight. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So Leslie teaches in her School of the Prophets that if you'll pray and ask the Lord to give you a word and open the Bible to the very first scripture, that that is Him speaking to you. And so I ask for a word for the Spirit of Prophecy Church this morning. And this is the word He delivered. I think it's talking to America, really more than us. God's people exchanged him for idols. Wherefore, yet I will yet plead with you, America, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Kittim and see, and send it to Kedar and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. Hath a nation changed their gods? What was Leslie talking about this morning? Hath a nation changed their gods, which are no gods? But my people have changed their glory from that which doth not profit, for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. This is Jeremiah 2, verse 9. The fountain of living waters. So here's who's talking about. Talking about Jesus. My people who committed two evils they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed me and hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In other words, we are a nation that have, has turned against and has forgotten our God. As I pulled out onto the freeway to come down here this morning, I was delighted that it was not very busy. The streets were almost empty. But I know why. Because the Baylor Bears were playing yesterday. <laughs> The Texas Longhorns were playing yesterday. And I happened to catch on TV someplace, I'm not sure where it was, but they were showing highlights. And I noticed all of those big football stadiums that hold thousands of people were full. They were packed. And I thought, ah, I know where the people are. In America, they're not in church anymore. 
They're at American Idol. Oh, no, no, I meant to say at the football. No, no, I meant to say to the basket. They're at the bat. No, no, no. Baseball. We're being entertained. We've chosen entertainment God and not Jesus. And the prophet gets up here and she rips them left and she rips them right. Would you turn that fan? <laughs> one of those fans off. Probably a black one. Uh, Leslie likes it a little. It's a little warm up here because it's a little higher up. And so we need a gentle fan on us. <laughs> but I am to bring you encouragement today. Now, for those of you who have been coming for many years, know that many times you would come here and say, another message of judgment. Do we ever get pat? Well, now for the last six, nine months, what has it been? <coughs> encouragement. God has been trying to convince us that he is real and he is a very present help in time of trouble. He has been trying to convince us that, yes, trouble is coming, but he's got it. Amen. And as I dropped my, to my knees yesterday, Lord, what do you want to say? I mean, instantly. He said, tell him. I'm your rock. Amen. Meaning, I will provide and I will protect those in me. I remember. Okay, let's see if I can remember the day. Yes. August the 30th. 1994. Prophecy Club started in 93. We'd had Tex Mars speak the night before. And that Friday afternoon, before Tex Mars talked, the boss called. Now, I'd been doing this job for 13 years. I was making about $100,000 a year taxable income. And I think that's a pretty good income even today. But that was back in 1993. 13-year career. I had uh, I was very close, I think, to the next promotion. And the phone call came in. I hear you're doing a radio program. Yes. He said, well, you can't do that. I said, well, I was actually hoping to do that part-time while I continue to do this. He said, no, you can't do that. Of course, I'm thinking, wait a minute, who are you telling me what I can do and can't do part-time? But nevertheless, that didn't come to my mind at the time. And he says, uh, take a couple of weeks and think about it and let me know, you know, if you want to do that or you want to do this, but you can't do both. And I said, well, actually, I've already thought about it, and I'll choose radio. He was shocked. He called back about 15 minutes later, and I could tell he was, he'd been crying. He'd been crying. I mean, he, I was his golden boy. Right, right, Leslie? I was the guy that's supposed to put him over the top. I was going to be the guy that was going to be the first one he ever sent out to become the big cheese. I was very close to the next promotion. The very next promotion, I don't know, at least a couple hundred thousand a year. And I hung up that phone. I remember it specifically. So I hung up that phone. I thought, Stan, now think about this. You're throwing away a 13-year career. You got a mortgage. You got car payments. You got a family, kids. You, you, 
And, but as I looked at that, I can still remember it's a yellow phone. Remember the dial? Dial phone? No, it wasn't either. It was a gray punch button. Anyway, as I, I hung up that phone, I said, no. This is what I want to do. I knew that God was going to provide and protect me. That night, Texan Amara spoke, and uh, wonderful, wonderful prophet. Next morning, Leslie had, well, she was talking to somebody in the living room. She says, go out in the car and bring me this audio tape. Now, you remember the cassettes, the audio tapes? Remember those? Remember the big ones, the video VCR tapes? You remember that? Yes. So I went out in the garage, and as I closed the door behind me to go out in the garage to get that tape, this was my prayer. I said, Lord, this is not a joke, okay? I'm throwing away a 13-year career. And, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 my, 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 you know, okay, I'm talking to God, you know. <laughs> my bill is $5,000 a month. I have no idea how I'm going to come up with $5,000 a month to pay my bills. No idea. So I said, I, 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 I need a confirmation. I got to know. I have to know that this is you calling me to do this prophecy club thing. It's not just me something that I want to do. What's the fleece? You know? How do I tell? What, what? So I said, I know. I know. Lord, look. If this you calling me to do this, and if you'll be there to protect and to provide for me and my family, then here's what I ask. I'd like for you to have someone call me before Monday morning. Now, this is Saturday morning. Before Monday morning, somebody I'll recognize as a prophet and have them say these words. Have them say that, I am doing the right thing, this is the right time, and specifically that you'll be there to provide and protect in Jesus' name. Opened the door, walked in with the audio tape, handed to Leslie, and said nothing. About an hour later, Tex Mars calls. Well, I'm just about checked out of my hotel now, and I'm about to head back to Austin. He's gone to be with the Lord now. And the Lord spoke to me, and I'm supposed to tell you something. And Leslie had answered the phone, and she had motioned for me to come over. So I'm, I'm listening to the phone. The Lord told me to tell you something. He wants you to know that he just touched me. He wants you to know this is not your doing. This is his doing. He wants you to know that he's calling you to do this prophecy club thing. And that it's a time, it's a thing whose time has come. He wants you to know that he's going to be there to provide and protect. And I'm like, McFly, are you listening? Are you, are you paying attention? You remember that. 
I want to let you know that our rock knows how to provide and protect. I said on the program that I recorded Friday, I said, you know, here's our topic today, and I don't know what it was. It's some of the kind of doom and gloom. (laughs) Does Stan know anything else? You know. And I said, I just, before I get started in the program today, I just want to say that you may be saying, how do you do it? How do you keep your nose off the floor? How do you keep your attitude up? How do you keep from committing suicide? Because you're constantly telling us about the end of the world and all the bad things coming. How do you do it? And I said, well, first of all, if God has called you to do something, he will equip you. He will give you what you have to have to do that thing he's asked you to do. Right? And I said, I believe I'm called to do this. And I said, yes, there's times that I have to go and stare at the wall. <laughs> times where i, I got to get away. You know, sometime last night i got to have a, a chill moment, a chill weekend. we just got got to clear our head. I said, but... In all these 40 years of study and prophecy, 30 years it's been my full-time income. I mean, that's what I do for a living, study Bible prophecy and talk about it. In all of that time, neither me nor Leslie has ever had a, a warning dream of us being in handcuffs, being arrested, being put behind barbed wire, head cut off, none of that stuff. I believe it'll never touch us. Let me say it again. I believe it will never touch me and Leslie or our children or our grandchildren or or spirit of prophecy. Or I'm going to say that extended group of people, not just the ones that follow Prophecy Club, ones who are his. It's not going to touch us. You endured the sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. sermon. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, Lord, do I have to tell that again, you know, right, right, right? And now he's saying, I'm going to protect you from it. I think he's saying because you heard the hard word. Because you endured sound doctrine and you didn't go after teachers having itching ears, you didn't find yourself at a ball game someplace or watching American Idol, or now what is it? America's Got Talent or whatever. Being entertained instead, you chose this morning to get up. Some of you had to drive a long way. Some of it wasn't 30 minutes, some of it was 45, some of it was an hour to get here this morning. He wants me to tell you, Spirit of Prophecy Church, and I want to say even more, not just the people online, not people just listening to me, but those who are his, I will provide, I will protect in the days ahead. Now, I've got a, a lot of scriptures this morning, so we will see. My first question is, what is a cornerstone? This is the participate part. Would you aim... I'm not, now I'm not getting very, it seems warm up here now. Maybe turn, I'll do something over there. It seems warm. What is a cornerstone? This is to say, yes, yes, Bill. Foundation, 
You mean something like that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So if you're building a building, it starts with one stone. Here's a cornerstone. It starts, okay, and that cornerstone, in other words, when we're going to start to build a building, if it's made of bricks, it starts with one corner. Now, why don't they say, I'll put one here and then go to this corner and put one to this corner? Because then they start stacking bricks between it, and all of a sudden they reach a brick that eh, doesn't fit. Not a frame or too much frame, so they have to start at one corner, and then they build out from that. Well, what the scripture says is Jesus is the cornerstone. Gird up now thy loins, this is Job, for I will demand of thee. This is God talking to Job. He says, I want you to give me an answer, Job. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Do you have understanding? Where were you when I laid out the measures thereof and stretched out the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof, and who laid the cornerstone of the world? Then we jump to Isaiah. We're going to make a point here. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Israel, is the way we would say it, for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and he that believeth on him, meaning Jesus, is not going to be raw, not going to be disappointed. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. Now, what's a plummet? This picture here is a plummet. This is a plummet line. What is it used for? It's used so that when you're building that building, you hold that line, and it tells you, okay, this is straight, and you go exactly perpendicular to that to go level like this. So a plummet helps you to find the cornerstone to find out the straight line. Broad is the gate. Wide is the way. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Many there be that go thereat. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Few there be that find it. Jesus is the plumb line. He's the plummet, you see. Behold, I stand before thee, there upon the rock in Oreb, and shall smite the rock. And there shall come out water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So what he's talking about is this rock. Leslie and I went there October the 8th of 2022. I actually climbed Mount Sinai, and this was a day before, I believe it is. This is a picture of that rock, and there is no question that is the rock that Moses struck and water came out. No, we don't want video. I didn't know I put video there, but I'm going to skip on by the video. So again, there's another picture of the rock. Now, that doesn't look very big, but if you'll look, see, those people there, matter of fact, I think in the blue, that might be their me. I think Leslie took this picture. So if a person's that tall, what is that? Six, eight stories tall? Pretty big rock. This is where, I believe, where the rock, Split. I think it was when Moses, before he struck it, it was one big solid rock. But when he struck it, that rock split apart. And you see up in here, as you go up inside there, it's all smooth up inside the rock. But if you look out here, this is not smooth. If you go to the back side, nah, nah, what's this thing doing? It's jumping right Okay. So I took this picture. Now, you look up on the other side, and it's rough. 
But all in here, it's all nice and smooth because literally what, what God did was take a big giant cube rock, split it down the middle, and inside there he formed a river, not just a trickle. It wasn't just a creek. It was a river of water flowing out of that, and it went down the round, uh, that mountain in three different directions, and it fed the, or watered the people. This is up inside the rock, and this is, uh, I guess I wasn't wearing blue, so that wasn't me. So there I am, up in the rock. Had somebody tell you, i got to take a picture of me. i got to prove I was here. Look, this is looking back from the other side of the rock. He said, I beseech thee now, this is Moses now, Show me your glory. That's what Moses is doing. Show me your glory. He says, all right, here's what I'll do, but you cannot see my face. He says, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. I'm going to come to pass my glory, and I will cover thee with my hand, and I will show you my back parts. Now, Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. How do you know Genesis? Because it was thousands, several, I don't know, thousand years before him. Most people believe when he said, I'll show you my back parts, he was showing him the past. He showed the creation of the earth right up to, through Noah and up to him. That's the reason he says, I'll show you the back parts. But the point is, where did this take place? In a rock. Why does God do these fantastic things on a rock? Because Jesus is our rock. The Song of Moses. Now, what's the song? Okay, so this is the day Moses is going to die. Now, that's a little bit too much over here. <laughs> this is the day Moses is going to die. So he calls the congregation together, and he sings this, this song. Now, that's not singing with a melody. That is prophesying. This is part of the prophecy. Moses spake the ears of all the congregation these words and said, He is the rock. Here, Moses is talking about Jesus. And his work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, the God of truth without iniquity, just and right is he. How should one chase a thousand and put two thousand put ten thousand to work to try it again. How should one chase a thousand and put ten thousand to flight except their rock? In other words, Jesus has given us power and authority over serpents, over scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt us. So what God is saying to his people this morning is, yes, if the tribulation's not already here, and some people think it is, I'm not ready to say it is yet. I'm pretty close to it, I might add. But as it approaches, he's saying, I am your rock. I am your provision, your protection. I am going to take care of you. Think about this. I've not had anyone in the congregation come to me and tell me they've had a warning dream where God told them they're going to be arrested and tortured. Why? Because? Thank you, Justin. Because of the rock. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon, this is talking about, and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor, the spirit of our church. That, that thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. So he did a sacrifice. He took flesh, unleavened cakes, and he put them on this rock. Why a rock? 
because he's offering it to Jesus. Jesus is our rock. There rose up a fire out of the rock when the angel touched it with his pole or his, his staff. Then we jump to David's last words on this earth. The great king of Israel, which will be the king in the new Jerusalem, uh, somehow as, as, as Jesus is too. David spake unto the Lord and said the words of this song, In the day of the Lord that had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. And today we're saying the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. As this trouble comes, as there is famine, as there is pestilence, by the way, they've already... HalTurnerRadioShow.com said that a military base just received many boxes of a new vaccine with the date 2023-2024 on it. Of course, 2024 is another election year, so we've got to have a whole another round of... I can't even say it. We don't have free speech in our nation anymore. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, and the God of my rock and him will I trust. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower, my refuge, my savior, and thou savest me from Biden. Right? I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the wages of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. Sars of hell compassed me about. Snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon Jesus and cried to Jesus, and he will hear my voice. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, I got you. Just what he's been saying for the last nine months. Have we got it yet? And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those that were slain for the word of God and for their testimony. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, that I not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? White robes were given to every one of them and said unto them, Rest yet for a little season till your fellow brothers, brethren and their brethren, should be killed as you were, should be fulfilled. There are some people that are assigned to give glory to his name by dying. I don't think that we're part of it. But if we are, we're not going to deny Jesus. Amen. If we find ourselves in that position, we're not going to deny Jesus, right? Amen. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God, and he did hear my, hear my voice. Because he is, Eric, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will deliver him. Come on. I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy, with long life will I, with long life, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, you know those words are memorized in your heart and you're ready to spout them back to the Lord at what time you might need to. Amen. 
Okay. Just checking. But I knew you already had them down. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, that's like a, a shield, and the horn of my salvation in my high tower. And I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. The stone which the builders refused, in other words, the Jews, Jesus, which the Jews refused, has become the head store, headstone of the corner. He's the guy. He's the charge. Father judges no man, but has given all judgment unto the Son. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. These are good memory verses, by the way, <clears throat> Danny. For in, <laughs> he probably already has some of them down, right? For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me upon the rock. Right there. And there's the rock. Now, these be the last words of David, the God of Israel. It says, The rock of my salvation spake to me and says, Rule it over me. Be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he hath made me an everlasting covenant. He has made David an everlasting covenant that he will be the king. Now, I don't know how all that works beside Jesus. But there's another that says, And he that overcometh will I make... I started to quote the wrong one. But he that overcometh, him will I grant to sit with me in my, in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. So somehow, if we're an overcomer, we get to sit in his throne. Now, I don't understand all that, but Jesus does. Also, I thought this was very interesting. I ran across this verse again. This is the verse that says that oil... One of the 33 verses it says, Oil will be found in Israel. He made to me to ride upon the high places of the earth. That doesn't mean that they're going to live at the top of mountains. It's saying that they are going to be the wealthiest nation on earth. He has made Israel to be the wealthiest nation on earth, a ride on the high places of the earth that he made me to eat the increase of the fields, and I believe that's oil fields, and made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. I started to bring that honey-colored oil, but it looks like honey, except for its light viscosity like alcohol. You put it in your car and burn it. But it comes out of flint rock. Surprisingly, the oil underneath the earth is, <clears throat> is not just in pockets. It's actually infused in rock, solid rock. And the best rock to get that out of is flint rock. And we believe that when we go over to Israel and hit oil in Israel, have to give a disclaimer, cannot guarantee where we're going to get the money to drill for or hit oil in Israel. When we hit oil in Israel, it'll probably come out of flinty rock and it'll be yellow-colored crude oil, the highest quality crude oil on the earth because Israel is the glory of all lands, unquote. Then let's go to Job. When I, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. You don't get olive oil out of a rock, but you do get crude oil out of a rock. Now let's jump back here. We're almost done here. We're talking about the rock today. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. See, this has to do with this. He's saying to Israel, this is God talking to Israel, 
I'm the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. In other words, he is going to bless Israel powerfully. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have nothing to do with me, is the way we would say it today. So I gave them to their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsel. Oh, that my people had hearkened me, and Israel had walked in my ways. This is answering the question, why hasn't God already given the massive amounts of oil to Israel? This is answering the question. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I would have soon subdued the Palestinians, or their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. And the haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time shall have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied them. That's the answer. Why hasn't God already given oil to Israel? Because they haven't turned to him. But, Jeremiah 50 verse 20 says, And the Israel and the sins of Israel... Matter of fact, I think I've got that verse here. Let me move on. Now let's jump to New Testament. <clears throat> yeah, well, I kind of covered this, but I'll, I'll, I'll briefly cover it. So this is Jesus talking, and he says, <laughs> Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man, which built his house upon the rock, Jesus, the rain descended, floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his, hands, his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Simple as this, Jesus is our rock. We are not going to be disappointed in believing him. Thou art Peter. This is a misunderstood verse. This is where the Catholics get their power to say they are the only church. And I'm going to show you they misunderstand. So Jesus speaking. He's speaking to Peter. He says, Thou art Peter. Okay? But what he's talking about, and upon this rock, not this rock. He's not talking about Peter. The Catholic Church says, Oh, well, you know, whole whole church built upon Peter. Wrong. I'll show you another scripture. Upon this rock will I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the king keys of the king. Try it again. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Who has the king the keys to the kingdom of heaven? Jump down to Revelation and it says, I am he that liveth, that's talking about Jesus, and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. This, the keys of the kingdom of heaven was not given to Peter. He was talking about Jesus. There's this misunderstanding in that scripture. And we stand upon the rock this morning. And he brought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen, wrapped and laid him in the sepulcher, which is hewed out of a rock. I think it's interesting that the rock was buried in the rock. And did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. There it clearly, without question, says that Jesus is the rock. Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? Skipping. 
And whosoever shall fall on this stone will be broken. But whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And I'm going to say, most people do not understand what that scripture is saying. Here's what it's saying. And whosoever shall fall upon Jesus, their world shall be broken. Remember he says, whosoever denies me before man, him will also deny before my father. Remember the scripture that says, whosoever will save his life will live it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. In other words, he's saying, if we fall upon Jesus and our old sinful life is broken, okay, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder or ash. And that's the morning star when Jesus goes, they fall to the ground and pile of ashes and bones, go to the center of the earth, all of those hidden demons down below, all of them, they're all gone. He cleanses the earth of all sin, except the beast, the false prophet, and a thousand years later, Lucifer, and also those people that take the mark of the beast. And probably all of his people, all of his demons, will also take the mark, and that's how they'll get eternal damnation. Anyway, we're almost done. This is talking about Daniel. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold, breast and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet part of iron, part of clay. Till thou sawest that a stone, that would be Jesus, was cut out without hands and smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Now, what is the image? The image represents from the time of Daniel all the way to the return of Jesus. And saying in the time of the feet, okay, that's at the very end, the stone that the builders rejected, that would be Jesus, returns and hits all of those nations, destroys them all. That's what it's saying. Now here's the point. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken to pieces and became us the chaff of the summit threshing floors. And the wind carried them away and there was found no place for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Filled the whole earth with what? Filled the whole earth with his glory. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, skipping on down, saw it, the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. Now let's, we're about done. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Okay, so let's get to the point. The point is, Jesus is our rock. Those in him need not fear. We do not need to have warning dreams telling us we're going to be handcuffed or none of that stuff. I see what's happening in Pakistan. I'm praying for them. I want to help them. But I don't believe those in him are going to see that in America. Yes, there's going to be a lot of time of trouble. But we're going to be the people like in the Coverstone dreams where he said they're running around helping people. That's us. We're going to be the helpers. How come you always have a smile on your face? Because of Jesus in my heart. That's why. So if these people are watching online, there's the verses, but here's the prayer. Let's all pray it. 
This time I'm going to ask you not to bow your head. This time I'm going to ask you to look at the cross. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the rock, the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later. I receive His blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, let us know at that email. And also, if you're watching, we encourage you to join Spirit of Prophecy Church. And you go to spiritofprophecychurch.com, bottom left corner where it says become a ministry member. Click there and it'll take you over to join us. And also, we encourage you to click like, share, and subscribe because then more people can hear this. And if you have prayer requests, come on up and be happy to pray for you. Lord, we ask that you would guide us and protect us and show us what you want us to do in these last days. Prepare our hearts for those things that are coming. And thank you for the message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.